Welcome back to part two of our two-part mini-series on the 20 things that we've learned so far from recording, it's crazy, 20 episodes of Demand Gen U. And for those that listened to the last episode, you heard that we don't know how to count because we actually shared 13 or maybe 14 things that we've learned so far, maybe even more than that. So we might have to rename the title of this episode, but it's our show and we can do what we want. Demand Gen U is officially in session. Let's do it. So yeah, we are rolling into official, well, officially number 11, but like Mark said, maybe, maybe number 15, depending on how you count. Oh, uh, my brain's in a pretzel. You, you, you all just let us know where we're at. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, number 11, track popular episodes and record more like them. So always being in the analytics, understanding, or even in the, uh, from like the quantitative side, but then also the qualitative side, which ones do you get the most feedback on? For us, those things usually go hand in hand. The The best feedback we've gotten on episodes tends to be also the ones. It's not always the case. Um, different people like different stuff. But yeah, for, for me, I'm constantly trying to figure out which ones um, sort of hit and which ones don't. And then obviously do more like that and do less like the others. Um, one other thing I can kind of say too is that's the other benefit of doing more episodes. Obviously, there are podcasts with far more episodes than we have. Uh, you know, like we said, we're just kind of at that 20 plus mark. Um, but by doing 20 plus, you know, you're getting a sense in, in terms of what, um, what resonates with the audience and, and what topics don't. So, yeah. So two things that I would mention is this, and one is obvious, but you know, Jason and I have a pretty good relationship and rapport with one another. So we're able to talk very naturally with one another. And many times you won't be able to see when we do have a legit outline that we've thrown together, but you can definitely see based on the performance and really, you know, the downloads and and how long people are listening to when we do put the time in to put a legit outline together uh, and it is very noticeable. And then the second thing, which I think is kind of cool and funny at the same time, you mentioned finding episode topics that land. There have been times where we thought, you know, hey, this is really going to land and it lands really well. And there's also times where we have that same gut feeling and it doesn't land. So it is interesting just to look at the data like anything in marketing afterwards and uh, try to use that to inform future topics. Yeah. And we have, um, you know, we've done some different things, too, in terms of like guests and formats and topics. And so um, being able to kind of look back and see what type of things um are successful with your audience, you know, obviously allows you to make more, uh, like of those things and do less of the others. And so we've definitely kind of leaned in different ways. There's a, there's actually a, I'm like thinking of it in my head, like I literally see the graph, uh, the podcast graph of like a few episodes where they just didn't pan out. And it's, so it's like, okay, I'm never, I'm not, I'm not going back to those for a while. Um, and so, you know, you live and you learn though. Uh, I, th- I think, uh, that's all, all part of the process. So. Uh, Alrighty, next one. Get it done versus trying to be perfect. Why don't you take this? Yeah, uh, I think it's massive. Um, perfection will uh, basically hinder you from getting anything done, uh, probably in most parts of your life, but definitely in the podcast realm. Um, for us, the funny thing, and again, I- I'm just going to give you my learnings. Uh, I'm not saying we're the podcast experts or anything like everything we do here at Metadata. Uh, we're not going to claim to be the, the gurus and the experts, but... <laughs> Except hair care. Hair care, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, with you two, with you, with, with you two, not me. There's a reason I wear a hat every day. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but for us, you know, for me in particular, 
if you try to get everything perfect out the gate, you won't release a podcast. <laughs> you won't you won't even get it out to the world because there's so many things, you know, what mic setup should you have? What type of cameras should you get? What type of software should we record on? What should we name it? Well, there's like all these spots in production of the show that can literally stop you from doing it at all. And so, you know, that, that would just be some advice, you know, do you have a name for the podcast? Awesome. Name it that roll with it. You know, obviously have, have a good take on it. Make sure you're not copying anybody, but don't get hung up on that outline, same show format, roll with it. Uh, you know, don't let these things be hindrances of like what you should do, because those are the type of things that literally will keep you from ever, ever releasing one. And I think one really quick example on that is this. So when we were first getting started, I was very hands-on with trying to find the perfect social clips mm-hmm. to flag and give to Justin. And I did that not because, you know, I didn't think Justin was capable of finding those, but just because I've lived in this world uh, and I'm very familiar with our audience at the end of the day, whereas Justin can run laps around me when it comes to content strategy and content marketing. And that turned into a big time suck for me and I think what we ended up doing was kicking all that over to you. It got you closer to the content and like the clips that you're finding now, like you, it's, it's perfect. Like it took you a little bit to get going, but once you got more familiar with it, like it was a great learning opportunity for us. And we would have never known that unless we tried to not find the perfect social clips from the jump. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many of, of those things. Um, I mean, another, another great example is is like show format. So we had this, this really, you know, developed show format in terms of like how we were going to do each and every show. Um, you know, we've ebbed and flowed and some of them we hit, some of them we don't. Uh, but we don't kind of, you know, you could see a world where, you know, if we didn't have every single bullet filled out, well, we can't do this episode because we don't have X, Y, and Z thing in it. And we're, you know, we're just kind of rolling with it. So I, I would much rather have a podcast that was done but not perfect than one that's just sitting in the archive and never released because it wasn't 100% perfect. Well, and the only three people who know that it wasn't perfect are you, are me, yep. and Jason, and no one yep. else knows. Yeah, so. yeah. no, we're, we, you know, we marketers, we're never in our heads about, you know, what what everybody else kind of sees. It's, it's no, it, it's definitely way more important to get, just to get it out there. Um, and that actually will lead into... The next one, which is, uh, I almost wanted to just tie it into the last one, but experiment with everything, uh, especially early on. So this show, when you're starting out, you don't know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. You know, we might think something is going to work really well in terms of a format or be really easy in terms of setup. You never know. You you have no idea. So I would just say like, you don't want to go too crazy, especially early on. You want to have some sort of, um, like thread throughout the show. Um, but yeah, don't like for us, it was like, yeah, we wanted Jason and Mark to be like the core pieces of the show, but then we brought on other metadata people, you know, in the future we might bring on other folks. So it's like trying to evolve and experiment with the show to make sure, you know, you're able to create the kind of show that you want and your audience wants. And then the only thing that I would add to the experimentation bit is from the jump, we knew that we were going to create a podcast that had, you know, humor, our personalities, and then really topical shit at the end of the day. And topical to us is really one of two things. One, it can be related to what our platform does at the end of the day, which is helping you automate paid campaigns. So anything that goes into paid campaigns. But the other part is 
you know, demand gen does not equal paid ads and paid ads does not equal demand gen. So we try to experiment with all these other topics that help you generate demand at the end of the day. Some of them land, some of them don't land, but we keep coming back to the table with new topic ideas so that you find that balance. Yep. Thousand percent. Yeah. You, and we'll hit these, those exact, uh, those exact points in a few bullets. So I'll, I'll leave it there as to not pull a Jason and jump ahead into, uh, yep. into different points. So. <laughs> Alrighty. So this one, it's funny because I kind of took offense to this at first, uh, not when you put the outline together, but when people were, were sharing this feedback with us both internally and externally, but the more episodes you record, the more natural it, it, it feels and the better that you get at it. And when I first started to hear that, I was like, wait a second, are they telling me that the first, you know, however many episodes sucked and I wasn't good? Like, I thought it was great. And then once you start to, one, not take it personal, and two, more and more people notice that, it's like, all right, you know, there's something there. And I think for Jason and I, you know, Jason loves to tell people he's very natural in front of a camera, which I think he is, but like, this was really the first time where I was consistently recording uh, a podcast ever and then also being on video. So for us, you know, the the points that we're making and the the takes that we have and how short and succinct they are. If you listen to an episode now versus, you know, one of the first few episodes, it is night and day compared to what it used to be. Yeah. I haven't gone back and listened to one of the early ones, but oh, I, I, uh, I almost <laughs> want to just to kind of feel it, you know, like, Oh, what was it like? Um, but yeah, I knew that going into it. So I, and that's part we, in the last episode, we, we suggested batching five of them. One of the reasons also is because, if when, when you're starting like one of those early episodes, it's probably going to suck. Like literally to, Oh, they for sure suck. But like today I was scrolling through the archives, trying to look through, trying to find something. And I, and I came across an episode that was like, I forget what I named it, but you know, like graveyard or something. It was, it's an unreleased episode that we recorded and you will, oh, metadata and trivia. you will never hear it. So, <laughs> or maybe you'll hear it one day and we'll just drop it as some like sort of secret release. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's uh, it's part. You know, if you've never done it, you're 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 gonna stink at certain points, and you're gonna get better as you go. Um, you know, even I bet when we look back next year at this time, uh, you know, like oh my gosh, like the show, it's just so much better because you get better the more you do it. So, yep, absolutely. Um, cool. So next one, focus on what your audience cares about. Uh, boy, that seems obvious, but um. Uh, like all things in marketing and content marketing, that's not always as easy as it sounds. Um, I think a lot of times, especially with a show, you can you can go in two ways. You can make something for your audience or you can make something for yourself. Um, and it's really, really easy to make something for yourself and make something you want to put out there, you know, whether it's self-serving about your product, self-serving about your service, um, on and on and on. I think one of the things that, um, you know, sort of feeds through all of our marketing, but especially DGU is that we do try to make a show that people, you know, would want to take a walk and listen to, or listen to while they're doing chores, like just enjoy, you know, like the lady that was using, uh, or she was listening to us while she was cooking. And I think Jason dropped an F-bomb and her kids are right there. Yeah. Uh, but no, and I think, uh, to bring it back and actually stay on track here, I think the other thing is that Yes, there are a couple episodes where we talk about our product. Uh, we know that we have to very carefully toe that line because we want people to listen to this podcast and take something helpful away and some entertainment, whether they are a metadata customer or not. And that's the reality. If it feels like it's becoming you know, too metadata focused, we bring it back because this is not a podcast about metadata. And I think that 
you know, vibes well with all of our marketing and, and how we approach, you know, the way that we market metadata. Yeah. And that, I think that's just, you know, beneficial to your audience. So when you're building out your show, because inevitably somebody, it might not even be the majority, but somebody at your company will say, hey, what about an episode on this? Or, hey, what about a show about this? And so mm-hmm. you, you'll get that pressure internally to try to, you know, swerve or adjust or do something. We all kind of feel those things in different ways, some more or less. But yeah, no, you want to create a show for your audience. You want to create something that somebody actually enjoys listening to um, and, and help them get better. So, yeah. So we'll add this to the list of 25 or 26 things wherever we're at right now. But you just said something that reminded me of this. So for the longest time, the sales reps that we were hiring at Metadata all came from you know, the MarTech space. And we realized that that makes them you know, really the best rep possible coming right out of the gate. But we couldn't just only hire reps that had previous MarTech experience moving forward. So you talk about what your audience cares about. We hear consistently from our reps and our new reps that don't have more tech mm. experience that listening to mm. this podcast helps them understand what our audience cares about. So an unbelievable benefit that I think we lucked into was helping our reps ramp up more quickly just based on the topics that we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, same for me. I, there's been so many times where like you or Jason or Sylvia, somebody's on and I'm just like, well, I leave the recording and I'm just blown away because I'm like, whoa, I didn't, you know, I didn't learn. I didn't know about that thing or I never heard it described that way or um, so yeah, yep. I'm, I'm learning stuff off the show too. So yeah, absolutely. So we're going to skip around here and the next one I think is more specific to you. So I'm going to go to 17 okay. and we'll jump back. So promote your show or no one will know that it exists. And I think what we learned very quickly was, uh, we needed a, a channel and I'm going to say email was that channel originally as a way to get the word out about DGU. And prior to uh, really demand last year and dripping those uh, recordings out, we weren't sending emails and we wanted to show up consistently. We wanted to show up at the same time every week. So people would expect that when they see Mark from metadata, it's an email coming through that's trying to help them without promoting metadata. And, uh, you know, we notice when that email doesn't go out, like, Last week, for example, we were busy at our offsite. Like I didn't get the email out and the, the metrics back it up. So if for us, you know, you got to consistently show up and promote it and uh, not just the day of the release of that episode, but, you know, repurposing it and going back to the well in the weeks and months that follow. Yeah. And I, I think we're, we also, I mean, we do a lot of different things. There's probably way more we could, we could do, but yeah, we, I mean, we have multiple organic posts every single week that are going out. And the last episode we talked about how like, if you have a host of a show or you have guests, like absolutely, you know, try your best to, to make that as cookie cutter for them to be able to post that content on their own. Um, we also do some paid ads around the show and we just share the content. You know, we put money behind the show and try to try to get that out there. Not necessarily in a way to like think people will subscribe instantly off an ad. Like I don't think the expectations there, but just in order to get that out in front of more people. So yeah, I think, I think if you, uh, if you think people are going to discover you in the podcast feed, uh, it's probably not likely. <laughs> yeah. Well, one other thing that just came up was uh, when we talked about experimentation a few moments ago, but we sponsored Dave Gerhardt's Exit 5 podcast for, I think it was 15 episodes. And I think as of last week, that that sponsorship just ran out. And uh, we really had no idea, of, you know, it's Dave. So yeah, it's probably going to perform well, but we didn't know the extent that it would perform well. 
and how well it would perform. And we added some self-reported attribution to our um, chatbots on our site. We use Qualified. And we were blown away at how many people said they, you know, first found metadata by way of either the Exit 5 group or the Exit 5 podcast. So again, find creative ways to promote your podcast. It doesn't need to be, you know, sponsoring Exit 5 because everyone can't do that. Uh, but yeah, you got to promote it. And uh, the if you build it, they will come mantra does not apply to B2B podcasting. No, absolutely not. Um, and, and maybe with that, that, that'll slide back into, uh, what was 16, but now 17, uh, give yourself realistic goals. Um, this one is, this one, I'll, I'll be honest, this one's tough. Like you want, um, uh, for me anyway, like I'm very kind of like cut and dry realistic. It's hard for me to like try to go shoot the moon type with some of these goals. But I think like finding that balance of something that's like stretchy to where you can actually try to do something bigger and probably better than you would otherwise is helpful but then also just understanding the reality of where you're at um i don't i don't think uh giving yourself um unrealistic goals to start is going to help you um so we had we had some pretty i would say realistic goals when we started the show there was nothing that was super crazy now this year we've got a little bit more of a a stretch goal in terms of the show Um, but when we were starting it last year it was it was pretty realistic Yeah. And I think one of the things that we struggled with when coming up with the goals was not just, you know, Hey, this many downloads and, and, you know, X percent are listening to each episode, uh, but also getting Jason and Gil to not just think about those types of goals, but how we can get more mileage out of the content when we're repurposing it. And when you can start to show that, Hey, each Mm. podcast episode is going to turn into this many other pieces of content that we can use on LinkedIn or on our site. And then you can start to show like views and downloads and like the full picture. Like that took a little bit for us to uh, get them to, to wrap their heads around. I think we're, we're closer than we we've ever been before, but that was a big learning for me too. Yeah. And I think too, like I had, I had done this before. So I had some idea of what, like, you know, a company podcast with a halfway decent audience uh, will kind of, provide you in terms of views and downloads and things like that. But when you're just getting started, uh, some, some of the realistic goals could be like based around production and like making, like we had talked about, like, Hey, make sure by this date we're, we're publishing, make sure we have these, this many podcasts, um, recorded, make sure we're record recording set on this day, like have some goals around like production. And then as you start to get data in terms of what good looks like for you because hey if you have 50 people downloading your podcast that could be amazing because maybe those are 50 core fans that you you know you didn't have before or that are are growing so i think like just understanding what um what that means for you and and trying to grow the show off of that at least is better than saying hey we're gonna get you know five thousand downloads a month or what you know just pulling something out of thin air Um, so, you know, I would start with maybe some production goals and then as you get going, like, you know, once you have a a halfway decent baseline, go off from there and, and, and go forward, which is exactly what we did. And then the last thing on that, before we jump on to the next point, and it's something that I felt, I don't know, kind of cheesy doing it first. And I think we all do. And I, I encourage everyone to do this internally on our revenue team Slack channel is when we either get a response to the email that we send out or somebody's comment on a LinkedIn post or what. It's not just about those metrics Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. It's about the qualitative feedback that you're getting as well. 
and we share it internally. We market that internally. We get people excited, but we also show it to Jason. We show it to Gil, like all that stuff. And when you can start to paint the full picture with, you know, the metrics, because we're not trying to shy away from them, but the other half of the story, then you really start to get in a good place with, you know, the marketing leader and the CEO. Yeah. And I think for you, like probably, I know for me, but I'm guessing for you and Jason too, like, especially early on when we maybe weren't like crushing it, you know, or there's still not maybe understanding of like what good looks like having that qualitative feedback come in was like, Oh sweet. Like now I'm, now I'm ready to go record another one because I heard, you know, Yep. Somebody, somebody liked it. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I have a, I literally have a good vibes folder yeah. on my computer and I take screenshots of anything like that. And I'd look at it whenever there's a shitty day and you got just destroyed and whatever it was, it goes a long way, not just for morale, but you know, marketing your work internally. Yep. Nope. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I love the idea of, uh, of nabbing that stuff. So, all right, I'll roll, I'll roll with this one, Mark. Um, so yep. Number 18, have a mission for your show. And this could be, you know, actually like thought through and written down and figured out. I think early on we had a pretty, pretty good mission in terms of what we wanted to do, but have, we talked about goals, like goal for your show, have, have a mission for your show, have a reason for being essentially like there's so many, and and I would even suggest writing it down and having, you know, so as, as you're planning out your show and understanding what you want all the ideas and all the reasons and all the things, all the topics you're going to create around are built around that idea and around that mission and actually having something that you're building toward. Uh, so it's not, so it's not sporadic. So it's, you know, we have kind of, we've talked, we touched on that throughout this episode and the, and the previous one, but just having something to where you can actually go back and, and kind of keep you on, uh, on path maybe. Yeah. I'm, uh, as I'm typing this, I'm looking at some of the original documentation that we had uh, for the podcast and what we were hoping to get out of it. So it's funny to see how well we, you know, stuck to this. Oh, but good. Phew. Showing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is going to be, this is going to be pretty funny. So the lesson, uh, the whole theme of Demand Gen U is not to, sh- to say that we have all the answers, but it's part building in public and then part sharing what we've learned and what we've messed up along the way. So for each single episode, we are trying to share a lesson that we've learned, uh, either the easy way or the hard way. And then, you know, sharing like what went well and what did not go well about that lesson and ideally giving a framework away so that you can take that lesson and apply it in your own world. Then there's the questions from the class. There's trying to, you know, get questions from people uh, on sales calls or LinkedIn comments or posts or you name it and make sure that we can incorporate feedback from there. And then at the end of the day, it's trying to create a podcast that we ourselves wish existed when Mm -hmm. we were getting started in B2B marketing and trying to pay it forward. So uh, I feel good that, you know, we've held true to most of this. I think the one that, um, you know, slips occasionally is a straight up framework uh, in every single episode. But we do try and share really tactical things that we're doing either right now or have done in in past lives so that you can take something away because we want it to be actionable. Yeah, it's funny, like hearing all that back again, because it's it's bringing me back uh, to, you know, like nine months ago when we were talking, even the title of the show is like Demand Gen U. And I remember the first like um, sort of concepting around it was like, you know, very university, like very, you know, cap and gown style, like, you know. Uh, elements and it was like no that's yeah, like we're more animal house yeah <laughs> more animal <laughs> thousand percent so yeah it's like it's all but now to me it's almost like tongue-in-cheek to where 
you know, demand Gen U, like, no, we're actually not really like professors or like, like teaching you from like that level. We're teaching you from the trenches of like, oh my gosh, like here's what, you know, here's what we've learned from doing these podcast episodes. Like don't follow our mistakes. Here's what we, you know, like that type of stuff. And that like, and to bring it back to the original point, like that was the mission. The mission was to show our audience at the end of the day that yes, there are things that we're doing that you might not be doing, but we're right there with you. We are learning as we are doing this and we want to pass along, you know, what we've learned and what we've messed up, but it wasn't ever intended to come across as we are the experts and you're the the students. It was, Hey, we're all students trying to figure it out together. Yeah. And I bet, uh, you know, I'm just thinking through like the, the Rolodex of episodes. I think that's, I think that's been true for the vast majority of the episodes we've done. So that's, that's cool to see. Uh, next one. I'm actually going to give this to you because you are uh, Mr. Content Distribution <laughs> and Content Repurposer. So it's okay to repeat ideas. Yeah. So we touched a little bit on like repetition from like a distribution point in the last episode. So go listen to that um, one if you haven't. But for this one, I'm really more honestly uh, in terms of repetition, like in terms of topics and ideas. So just because you do an episode on hiring or, uh, you know, we've done several on hiring or a particular thing on, um, I don't know, I'm, I'll just pull, you know, I'm not going to pull anything out of thin air, but just because you talk about something once does not mean you can't talk about it again. I'll say that. Like there's always a different angle. There's always a different thread. There's always a different point of view. Um, you could, you could take one single topic and probably have five to 10 different podcast episodes just off that one topic based on how you frame it up. And so I think like, that's where my head is at with repetition. Um, and then the other thing too is like, you know, for us, one of the one of the podcasts we did um, literally repeated a, one of our most popular blog posts that we had. So like repeating yourself in that aspect too, to where I say, oh, we already have a piece of content like this. No, like that's opportunity for you to take it from one medium and put it into a completely different medium. Repeat yourself because that's a whole slew of people who probably haven't thought to look that up or haven't read it or whatever. So yeah, I, that, that's where my head went with this one. I dig it. And then the last one, and this was, uh, I mean, it really comes across in all of our marketing and it's, I'd say it's a part of our team culture and really the company culture too. And it sounds cheesy, but it just have fun. There are way too many podcasts out there that are boring or dry or way too buttoned up, way too professional. Uh, you know, you don't have to swear and have the explicit mark like we do. Um, you know, you can if you want, but we're trying to show that we are exactly who we are in real life on LinkedIn uh, when we're working together and just making sure that those personalities come through because, you know, Dave Gerhardt talks about this all the time, but this notion of you no know, like and trust and you want to get to know the people from metadata, the faces behind the product. You want to get to like them and, and trust them. And if you c- can do that in your marketing and, and with this podcast and help your sales team warm people up, like that's the name of the game. Yeah, thousand percent. I think from my standpoint, um, really it ties back into like the number one point uh, from the previous episode, which is like, enjoy what you're talking about. Um, it's going to last a lot longer. And the same thing is true with, with have fun. You know what I mean? Like we, we truly enjoy the marketing we do. I think like, you know, we're talking about podcasting, but I think in general, like I don't want to do marketing that I, A, am not going to have fun doing or B, would not have fun consuming. Um, you know, not to say everything is that way. 
for us, it we get, you know, we have a little bit. We're not in like super buttoned up like finance or like, you know, s- s- banking or something like that to where uh, we get the leeway to market to marketers. So we get to have a little bit more fun there. But, um, you know, even when you're, even when you're a banker, you still, you're still a person, you still want to have fun. You still want to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you want to consume content that's so buttoned up and so serious. So, um, for me, that, that's what I'm always trying to do. I'm trying to look for, uh, a things that are fun to create because then I want to do more of them, but then also be fun to consume and fun for our audience to consume. And I think, you know, we're not the first marketing team in the B2B world to, to take this approach. I think there are others that have done it too. But at the end of the day, when you open up your computer in this, you know, post COVID or COVID world that we're listening or living in, you're not a different person when you open up that computer. And I think what we try to do through the podcast and what we try to do through our marketing is just be authentic, be transparent, be who we are. And that really resonates. And I think, you know, what we want to see is more and more companies doing that because people want to buy from people. And, you know, when you trust people at the company, despite never, ever, ever having talked to them, you know, that's a game changer for companies out there because you get to know the the faces and the personalities who help build the company. And uh, it's kind of a cheat code right now that, you know, a few companies have started to tap into, but I hope that more and more will tap into throughout the rest of this year and beyond. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably um, like a through point to a vast majority of the points that we've had in the last two episodes. Um, you know, the the whole reason we did the show was to get our faces out there. Um, the whole reason we want to talk about the topics we want to are because we want to be authentic and help help everybody in the audience. Um, the reason we choose the topics we do, the reason, you know, all this stuff is because it's just authentically who we are and we're not trying to like put a front on or trying to do anything inauthentic. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. All right. I think we are basically at time. Uh, I just came up with this idea. Hopefully it's a good one, but if anybody listens to both of these episodes and actually counts up the correct number of things that we learned from doing 20 episodes, uh, we will get you some of the new metadata merch that we just ordered. So there's a nice little Easter egg. If you listen to both episodes and tell us how many we listen to, one, mostly because I'm curious, but two, we want to thank you for listening to both. This was definitely a fun episode to record and uh, can't wait to have you back again, Justin. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Demand Gen U. If you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe to get future episodes. You can also submit a specific topic you want us to talk about by DMing us on LinkedIn. If you like the show or want to share feedback, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep improving and get the word out to other marketers just like you. This podcast is brought to you by Metadata, the first demand generation platform that launches paid campaigns that self-optimize to revenue. If you're looking for a tool that makes it easier for you to build audiences, launch paid campaigns, and experiment at scale, you'll love Metadata. B2B marketers at Zoom, Okta, and ThoughtSpot use metadata to automate the time-consuming parts of running paid campaigns so they can focus on the things that matter.